When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's time to talk about Rockula. Rocktober keeps on rolling uh, with 1990s Rockula. So as I've said before, most of these movies were picked by your boy Scott over there. <laughs> but this one is all Matt Kelly. Uh, this one's been on my list for a very long time. So we just kind of squeezed it in it doesn't really fit the theme of the uh, other three movies enough. i know that i might be in the minority here in how much i love this movie i know this is a flawed movie but i haven't watched this in maybe two or three years scream factory just put it out on blu-ray not too long ago so i was very excited to, the... to pop in the blu-ray for the first time and watch it <laughs> what are the uh, bonus features like uh, I haven't watched them yet, but there's some interviews and there's a commentary track. Oh, so okay. I'm well, I'm excited to see what they what what goes on with those. Good enough. For I me. really, really could have done without this movie being made. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that all the actors feel the same way. Yeah, I just fucking despise this movie. Rockula, the vampire musical with zero rock songs, was a <laughs> yeah. terrible fucking movie. That, you know why your brother loves this movie though? There's so much white boy rap in it. Oh my god! Like a 1990 actually, white boy rap. This entire fucking soundtrack was written by the people that do the Dare songs in elementary school. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so anyway, uh, so the movie kicks off. We've got an animated credit sequence, which I, you know, I always love that. And the song kind of just sounds like the rap song from Revenge of the Nerds in the background. So like, I'm already on board. Yeah, this you movie are fully. You're fully torqued. But as I'm watching it, two names pop up in the opening credits that I forgot were in this movie. And that's Tony Basil, a.k.a. the Mickey girl. Mickey girl, yeah. And she's gorgeous in this movie. Oh, yeah. I have, I have notes about that, too. <laughs> but the other one, and I want to get this out of the way now so we can focus on the movie, is Thomas Dobley. Uh, 
Thomas Dobley uh, is the actor who plays the villain in this movie. And he's uh, Stanley. Stanley. He is the guy who sang the song She Blinded Me With Science. Oh, my God. So I'm not sure if you know that much about him, but he is easily the most successful person, not just in this movie, but But possibly in the history of horror movie night people. Um, So Thomas Dobley has a shit ton of music credits. And I just want to go through a a quick like Rolodex of some of the stuff that he did. He was the head of music for the Grammys in the in the 80s. Uh, He yeah, he was the producer for people. uh, He produced and played keyboards and guitars for Belinda uh, Carlisle, um, David Bowie, David Bryan. Um, or sorry, David Byrne, uh, Eddie Van Halen, uh, Foreigner, George Clinton, Herbie Hancock, Ingerman and Heap, Jerry Garcia, Joni Mitchell, Little Richard, um, Peter Gabriel, uh, uh, Roger Waters. He did music for Tim Carey. He did music for Stevie Wonder, uh, and for the Thomas, uh, the Thompson twins. In addition to that. <laughs> In addition to that, he scored a bunch of different movies, including Howard the Duck. Oh, that makes so much sense, and I have a comment about that. He had the he was the person who actually handpicked what people would be in the band Cherry Bomb. Uh, he wrote the score for the movie Gothic. Uh, he composed the music for uh, Fern Gully. Oh, nice. Um, and then, <laughs> on top of all that, in 1993, he created... A, fi- a, a type of internet storage for music called the RMF. So he's the creator of the RMF file from 1993, and he's also the person who pioneered building MIDI files. Wow. Beyond that, after he did that, he quit doing that and started specializing in a new tech uh, technology called mobile phones <laughs> in which he worked for Nokia and created ringtones. So he's the person who built ringtones uh, and composed the Nokia ringtone sound. Um, this is then, blowing my mind. Then he co-founded TED Talks and acted as the what? head musical director of TED Talks. And now he uh, has an academic career as the professor of arts at John Hopkins University, as well as leading a four-year undergraduate program at the Peabody Institute in Baltimore called Music in the New Media. So that's what he's been up to since being (laughs) a pirate with a rhinestone leg. Man, I know we don't really stop to... to appreciate the uh actors the thespians that we (laughs) (laughs) that we have at at our disposal but geez yeah it makes you think what the fuck have i done with my life uh i hate to break it (laughs) (laughs) see that's a lot funnier than what i was gonna say is it doesn't take watching rockula for me to wonder what the fuck i've been doing with my life Uh, so now that we all have that history lesson out of the way, let's get into Rockula. Uh, we start the movie with Dean Cameron. No, that's not I... what we start with, Matt. We start okay. with Canon Films. <laughs> <laughs> and that totally makes sense. The movie kicks off with Dean Cameron. He's playing a little keyboard. Uh, it's very, you know, this Dracula, Phantom of the Opera type thing. And I really like Dean Cameron. Uh, he was in the movie Summer School. I love that movie. It's a really yeah, fun do. 80s movie. But uh, 
I think he's just a charming actor. He's not good, no, per se. He's definitely not good. Not good at all. But there's something just likable about him. You're just like, ah, that's good. I would hang out with this guy. Uh, <laughs> it does. Oh, my God. He, are you going to vote for him for president next? He's a guy yes. to have a beer with. <laughs> so, I agree to disagree. I wouldn't want to be friends with him. <laughs> uh, Brian, you wouldn't want to be friends with most people because of social anxiety. <laughs> yeah. So he starts talking to his reflection in the mirror. I don't understand that whole so there's a mirror universe where the reflection bangs chicks all the time. So from what I understand, according to the Wikipedia, because they definitely didn't explain this in the movie, is that the the reflection being able to have the sex life that he doesn't is additionally part of the curse that he has, which yeah. spoiler alert, we find out doesn't really exist. Yeah. Um, so cool. it's a huge plot hole. But, you know, there's a couple yeah. good lines from his reflection. His reflection's probably the best character in the movie. Uh, but it doesn't make sense. There's no. very few things that vampires don't have, and one of them is a, it's reflection. a reflection. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a note about that, too. Vampires don't have ref- sha- vampires don't have shadows, damn it. I thought that it was re- reflections. Well, they don't have reflections. Do you remember uh, what we do in the shadows? Where they just had to sketch out each other because they didn't have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so my question is, and now, well, now I have to rewatch it to find out. Oh God. Do the other vampires have reflections, or is, or is the curse that he does have a reflection and none of the other ones do? I think the fact that it's canon films, there's not an answer to it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, his, I do have uh, at least one quote from the first scene in which the reflection says. Look, man, you know, we just got to reassess things and reflect on it. And he goes, reflect, get it. I have <laughs> that line, too. <laughs> OK, so anyway, Dean, Dean Cameron gets frustrated and he goes on down to the exposition bar. <laughs> Bo Diddley's just playing guitar. And <laughs> why is, is Bo Diddley in this? You know who else is there? Who is Chuck the bartender played by Susan Tyrell, who in that very same year was in one of my favorite movies, Cry Baby, starring the very famous Johnny Depp, who also starred in Edward Scissorhands, which also starred Winona Ryder. You know where I'm going with this. (laughs) She was in Beetlejuice. (laughs) Nice. 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 It took me a second to get over to to Edward Scissorhands. Sorry. Um... (laughs) You said Johnny Depp, and I was like, Robert Downey Jr., what? <laughs> I was really confused because I thought, I don't know. Oh, I've, yeah, but, so as we stated, Bo Diddley's in this, and it makes why? no sense. And it's not even like, like he's it's listed a as lot. a cameo, but yeah, it's listed as a cameo. He's in this a lot. Like he's He, I feel like, must have been very, very hard up for work because he's in the rap Part, the, the, like they dress him up in an absolutely absolutely ridiculous Run DMC outfit at one point. I think he's dressed up as a bumblebee at another point. I can't remember what the the costumes that they put him in are insane, insane. So this isn't an answer to that question per se, but it's worth noting that this film, the director has directed a few movies that we've discussed on this podcast already. Did you know that, Scott? <laughs> I didn't do any research about this because I figured that you would be the well of, wellspring of knowledge. He is the man be- behind 1983's Frightmare, uh, 1982's Parasite, uh, um, the first Ghoulies movie. Uh, but most importantly, 
his follow-up to Rockula was a little film in 1995 known as The Granny. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That one was so hard to find. That's like actually that's all I can say about the granny is that it was super hard to find. Matt, I know that you're tight with the guy from Scream Factory. Can you get him to get the granny on blue, please? <laughs> hey Jeff. <laughs> I know you're um, listening. So yeah, so the exposition that we get here is basically that four hundred years ago, our main vampire Rockula over here. Uh, allowed the love of his life to be killed by a pirate with a rhinestone peg leg who beat her with a ham bone. And now every 22 years, that girl's reincarnated, uh, but he can't get with her. Like, he has to get with her before Halloween. Otherwise, a new pirate with a rhinestone peg leg and a ham bone will kill her. Uh, and this has been happening for 400 years. So he's really bad at at doing this. Yeah. Um. This is you as a vampire. That's why you like this movie so much. That's probably right. Uh, so <laughs> he's venting about about this to his reflection because he meets the girl again, and she is gorgeous, stunning, gorgeous, like, <laughs> absolutely gorgeous. No wonder he's been in love with her for four hundred years. Yeah, I, I mean, I would too, honestly. Uh, so <laughs> he uh, he's talking to his reflection. <laughs> this is where I like this line where he just tells his reflection, "You're the biggest slut I know." <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the first genuine laugh for me comes when his love, and I can't believe I did not once write her name down. Her name is, I I have it written down. Oh, shit. I'm looking at my line. Mona. Mona. Yeah, because there's an entire song about it. Did we pass the part where she's having her, where you get the explanation of her being a a musician and she's sitting in the studio? That's what I was about to jump into. So so she's she's a musician. With a future guitar. (laughs) <laughs> and she's got a a friend or an ex or whatever who's Stanley, who we discussed is like a, a living genius. Uh, Death Park. He, yeah, he runs a mortuary and he shows this trailer for like this ad for his funeral home. <laughs> and there's the one where it's just the grave that turns over for you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I did enjoy the theme song. The, the Death Park. Stanley's Death Park. Yeah. Yeah. Oh I think God. that the, actually the the commercials were the best part of the movie. That's like your review on UHF. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was also something you picked. <laughs> and if you want to hear our discussion of UHF, donate to our Patreon. <laughs> um. So, <laughs> but wait. So we love, also have her, her, her co. Her bandmate, who's dressed up like every girl on Instagram in 2018. I was going to say she looks like if Edna Maud from the The Incredibles, like yes, had was a child with Daria. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's she, her look. That, all those stupid shirts that are the white silk shirts that girls are wearing now that are um, buttoned all the way to the neck with the gigantic, um, like stuff at the oh I, I can't even explain it but yeah that that girl is basically an instagram she's a, she's an instagram influencer and uh <laughs> it, also in 1990 she was in a band as a backup singer slash synth player and very very odd everybody is hamming it up like crazy in this film and the i movie's cartoony and dumb and that's kind of why i love it so much see the thing is that it wasn't it just didn't 
this and I have a note about this. Um, I'm just going to read the note, okay? Because and it comes later, but I would like to preface the rest of our discussion with this because it, I didn't dislike the watch. This was my first watch. I believe it's probably Brian's first watch too, right? Uh, yes. This is also my last watch of Rockula. I, I second that. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's an emotional roller coaster for me, like a nostalgia roller coaster, because the parts it, it has this nostalgic feel when it's good, like they're when they're walking around in their uh, their power ballad scene. It's amazing. That's actually the best part of the movie. That that song is the best song of the movie. It's great. It's cute, and it's it really makes me feel like okay, this is what I used to feel when I would watch movies in high school. And um, but when it's bad, I'm cringing so hard. Like the vampire chopsticks joke sucks. The vamp the the blood milkman joke fucking blows. The weird. Like the sexy or the the sexy mom jokes suck. Oh my god! When when the mom does her dance when Mona comes over for dinner, it's awful. The oh, no no we got to talk about that later. We got to get the there. Wrestler, I got a lot of notes on that scene. The wrestler sucks. <laughs> I mean, so much about this movie is terrible, but I can't say that I didn't enjoy watching it one time. You know, it's just hard. It's it's so hard, and I'll be saying the same thing next week too. So stay tuned for that. <laughs> I, I disagree on both accounts. <laughs> all right. All right. Go ahead. Uh, so, you know, as Scott uh, alluded to, the mom is just dating a different guy every night. Uh, the first of her suitors that we get to meet is Big Al, who you might remember uh, from Bed Santa, uh, who's uh, just a, a a little person. He's a good, good, good terminology. Yeah. Getting work. Yeah. yeah. Sure. But, people uh, get work. Let me tell you why that scene pissed me off. Um, <laughs> because he's watched. Because you'd already gotten your six degrees to Beetlejuice and then there was another option. <laughs> no, because when he asks him what he does and he responds, I'm a vampire. He laughs so hard. And that li- nothing in the world is as funny as that <laughs> react- or little person well, reacts yeah. to it. He, like, can't keep his breath. He is cracking up for a solid 30 seconds, and it just boiled my blood with rage. You know, what's <laughs> worse, though, is Tony Basil is talking to her son while that dude is going Munching down on carpet. her underwater yeah. cunnilingus. Yeah, very, very dangerous. <laughs> I mean, he's wear- isn't he wearing a uh, a snorkel? Of course he is. But the thing is that that joke sucks too because that snorkel is not going to do shit if there are two feet of bubbles above the water line. Yeah, no, it, it, the joke missed. And and don't you need your mouth? You yeah, you I was going to say, I, that's where I was going is the snorkel you need a mouth for. <laughs> but like I don't – Unless he had a trach and he had it shoved in there. I don't oh, my God. So. We are giving um, way too much thought to Tony Basil getting pleasured while her immortal son is watching. Twelve yeah. years, Scott. Um, so despite <laughs> only having like three words in the entire song, I kind of dig the Hey Mona song. Uh, um, is that what happens right before Turn Me Loose? I think so. It's just one's oh like, Hey Mona, Hey Mona, yeah! Hi, yeah. Mona. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mona. And then we go into the to Turn Me Loose song. And that Turn Me Loose song. So Mona is dressed up in kind of offensive Native American 
where jungle <laughs> slash I mean Native American slash jungle slash um Neanderthal outfit um with with bars on the uh in front of her that people are like climbing up. That turned me the lyrics that turned me loose made me really uncomfortable. They're so yeah. straightforward, basically like at, between Tony Basil Cunnilingus underwater and Mona singing about how she wants to have sex with someone. I was not in my comfort zone for this five minutes here. But she, so her being in the cage reminded me of a little story um, called Drug Addict Brian Lost in New York. And about, <laughs> about seven, maybe eight years ago now, I went to New York for, for a weekend. Uh, my friend Scott's friend Matt lived in lived in Queens. So we took a bus to New York and heavy into drugs. So I don't know where I was in New York, but I, I ended up getting to this club and it was a four, it was a three story club and then a basement also where it was just different types of music playing. And I get shit faced. I think I spent like $20 on like a, a, a Red Bull and Jaeger like a tiny mm, Dixie cup yum. just to, just to give me that extra feel. So I go downstairs, right. And there's these girls in um, like in bikinis and thongs and they're dancing in a cage. And then there's a DJ change and I'm like black, like just shit face trying to figure out where I am trying to look for my friends. And then I, I like turned around and I was like, Oh, there's two guys making out, you know, I'm not hateful. That's just cool. You know, they're doing that. And then I'm like, Oh, there's another two guys making out. Oh, no. And I look back in the cage and the women are replaced with men in bikinis and thongs. And it just switched to a gay bar like that. And I was dead center in a gay bar. Wait, wait, wait. Really drunk out of my mind. Wait, wait. Did, so were you, did you think, is this a nightmare that you no, were? No, this is, this 100% happened. No, no, no. I'm not saying it's not that it didn't happen, but were you like hallucinating the women in the cage and then they turned out to be men in the cage or did it, was there like, is it a theme bar where every song it goes between women in cages to men in cages wearing thongs? I don't know, actually. I could have just thought it was a woman at first glance. Now you think about I, it. I, in my memory, yeah. it was always just like it was a DJ shift and it was like, OK, now it's, you know, but that would I, I don't think that that's fun. Yeah, I think that I think that you saw what you wanted to see at the beginning there. So you said this was Brian, the drug addict, but I think this was Brian, the drunk guy. Well, yeah, no, but I was also on a lot of drugs. Okay, which got me there. <laughs> okay, okay, so that was the preface to the story, not the the, because also one Dixie cup full of Jaeger and um and Red Bull is I don't even think that would get me drunk. No, no. So I walked in. I I just said that because I'm bitter. I walked in already hammered, and I was like, let me get just something to okay, drink so I can okay. have something to sip on and yeah. like mingle, you know. And then they handed me like this Dixie cup that your parents used to put in the bathroom yeah. for if you need a glass of water. So I'm like <laughs> trying to sip it just because I don't want to spend another $20 yeah. on alcohol that I don't really need. It was a interesting, interesting turn of events. And I really wish I remembered anything else about the trip. <laughs> other than That's that all was, you pulled away from New York. That's always exciting. <laughs> you thought you were... I was smoking a joint and a cop came up. Um, and I was like, I got really nervous. So I was standing on the sidewalk and then I went and I sat on the stoop and a cop came up and was like, look, man, this is going to be weird. But he's like, if you step off of that stoop, I have to arrest you. Whatever you do on that stoop, 
I don't care about. And I had a conversation with a cop smoking a joint and it was great. And you got to keep in mind, this is like, it's, this isn't 2018. Like this is yeah. 2011. It, it, it hasn't been cool yet. Like now I feel like that story's not that exciting because everyone's cool with everyone smoking weed, you know? But yeah. back then it was pretty dang. In 2011, <laughs> it was the story he told at every family party. Yeah. <laughs> Man, I want to come to a Kelly family gathering. I, you, you, you're saying that jokingly. Trust me, you do. No, Those I'm parties not joking, are fucking ballistic. Yeah, I, yeah. I want to wild in the Kelly parties. Yeah. Well, I know that the I know that they're crazy because both you guys are basically straight edge. I mean, not basically, <laughs> you are straight edge, and um, and so like you guys saying things get wild, and there's no alcohol involved involved for the two of you. Um, I know things get wild. <laughs> but here, I want to tell you guys a real quick side story. By the time this comes out, it'll have been like a month. But um, Megan and I went to see the early November uh, just this last week in Cleveland. And um, they're a you know, Philly, South Jersey band, you know, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was cool. It was um, in this place called Mahal's 20 Lanes. So it's a, a bowling alley slash music venue. It's really cool. It's really a really fun venue that I've never been to before. I've wanted to, but never gone. But I needed something to drink because social anxiety precludes, okay, I need to hold a beer or something, yes. you know, so I can sip on it and not feel like a complete wiener. So I get this <laughs> this beer from New Belgium Brewing Company called The Hemperer. And this plays <laughs> back into your story, Brian, of going to New York City, being drunk and smoking a joint. Um, it was an IPA with hemp in it. And I, I was like... I asked the bartender, you know, is this drinkable? And she was like, yeah, it's actually really good. And so I thought, why not? I open it up. It smells like the dankest weed ever. <laughs> and, and I take a sip and I'm like, this is fucking delicious. And, um, and so we're standing there watching one of the opening bands. And I like Megan turns to me and she whispers in my ear and she's like, you smell so high right now. <laughs> um, and, and so like I finished half of it. It's a tasty beer, but I'm so self-conscious that I like throw it out and get like a cheap ass PBR or whatever. But um, yeah, there's beer that smells like a bag of weed out there for anybody that's interested. It's a great name for it. Emperor. Yeah. So back to Rockula. So back to Rockula. Uh, so Stanley, they're going to see Rockula's debut show okay so there's a like a, so many montages after the turn me loose song they rush through the forming the band sequence like everything about forming this band is so quick yeah but like, also isn't this over the course of a day yeah it's a bunch of costume <laughs> changes and then his reflection just like what are you gonna call it rockula and then he's just like yo our band's name is rockula <laughs> like it's like everything falls into place way too easily for this um but I, I just want to get this one quote that Stanley says, in, because I forget what he's talking about, but he describes something as new age reggae, which I just thought was a very interesting genre to to define. Um, but Rockula is officially formed, and I, as the minority on this podcast, love the Rockula song. I hate it. Here, okay, Brian. Brian, you didn't like it either, right? No. Okay, so, so which song is worse? And I actually have this as a note. The Rockula theme song or the Howard the Duck theme song, which is really funny because the Howard the Duck theme song was written by Stanley. <laughs> oh man, that is a, that's a tough one. Um, I think that this one's worse. I mean, because the Howard is definitely Duck, worse than the Howard uh, the Duck song. I'll I can even that. I can remember that it goes Howard the Duck. Like, I remember that part. 
the Rockula theme, I don't remember anything from. I'm I'm going to say Rockula theme only because I have I've had to deal with it more recently <laughs> than I've had to deal with Howard the Duck. <laughs> that was only like two They're months both ago. Pretty bad. Like it's just like okay, you're a vampire that doesn't eat people. That's that's what your whole song is, and and this brings back the dare thing because it's just like a boom. Tsh. I am Rockula and here to say I don't like eating people. No way. Uh, but you know what? So I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit. He also has Rapula. Oh, which, which opening line of the song is there was a girl named Nina. She wanted my wiener. <laughs> and people are losing their shit in the audience. But there's also a part. Right before a sex solo where he says, let's have some premarital sex. Yes, he like, lost he... my fucking shit. <laughs> I missed that. I missed that. I did not. I have that note too. God. I'm I... so glad that we skipped over the funhouse mirror scene. Oh, I have that guy. note. The funhouse mirror dick joke. I love it. That's the not best even... joke. Oh, but no. Just the whole, <laughs> the whole bit just made me more angry than i could put into words right now because it was just like if it was a one-time thing but it was a constant like go back and forth like now my voice is high oh no it's a low voice get it because the mirror no Fuck this movie. <laughs> all right brian i need you to back me up on one of the notes that i have written down um i don't know if i can matt <laughs> <laughs> so it says the scene with the mom complaining that he won't bring a date to dinner is very accurate to my own life. <laughs> She's like, come on, bring her over. And he goes, I don't think that's going to happen, mom. And she just goes, you're ashamed of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's also very similar to my current life now because um, my dad is coming down to visit me in two weeks. And Isn't he that trying- you're the same dad that Matt has just Yes. Checking. Yes. Okay. okay. Our father. So, <laughs> Who aren't in heaven. He's spending a week here. Right? Oh, God. Oh, God. So then he tries to pitch my mom. Hey, this week in November, right after Thanksgiving, you should go down and visit Brian. And my mom's like, okay, I'll look into it. She decides, you know what? I can't. I'm going to visit him in January. So she books a flight for January. And his thought process is, well, since the week's open, I guess I'll double down. And he's spending another week at my house. Oh, my God. Your dad. I'm going to be single by 2019. <laughs> Wait, is he coming? He's coming down like you have me down there for a couple days. And then you get Thanksgiving, basically. And then he's down there, right? Yes. <laughs> oh, no, Jade. Okay, I'm yeah, actually I- I'm going to friend request Jade, even though I've never met her. And I'm going to be like. I will. I'm. Can we? I be your emotional support, please. Don't leave, Brian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's another Stanley commercial that's even more UHF than the. Oh, previous. the one where he's it's, he's um talking about crystals and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That commercial's bonkers. Yeah, it's great. And he's like, he's got the the hillbilly who's like, I come and visit my my dead wife all the time, and she's like, you're a waste of space. Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so this leads into after that scene comes up. Now we get to the scene that's really worth talking about. Tony Basil's solo song. Oh which, God. Which hear me out on this, Scott. It kind of reminds me of the Elvira. ending of Elvira yeah, yeah. in so many ways. I know, but it's done Elvira did it so much better. I will, but here's what I will say about Tony Basil, and it totally makes sense. 
way better dancer than Elvira. Like Tony Basil was a choreographer and a cheerleader for years. Some of the, like she's killing it in the dance. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, she is. But (laughs) the problem that I have with it is that the, the choreography is so 1990. It's just way, it's just very caught in its time period. Um, I, I, I respect Tony Basil. I, I love her, but, um, I just can't, I can't get behind this movie as a whole. It's not good, Matt. I, uh, I couldn't help but laugh at the accidental record scratch sequence, um, in the middle of that dance where the big wrestler dude bumps into the record and it scratches. And then he just does like a 30 second hip hop record scratch, trying to get it back to where it's supposed to be. Uh, yeah, stupid joke, but I liked it. Um, <laughs> so we have that whole sequence. He finally tells Mona that he is a vampire and to prove it, he turns into a bat and is the most horrifying thing. So, so that okay. The only scene I enjoyed. So <laughs> can we talk about this though? Because that's a farting midget vampire bat right (laughs) like i thought that it was just a weird sound effect the first time he transforms but then he transforms to um battle stanley at the end and he walks and it's a fart noise every single time he walks why (laughs) what is the directorial editorial decision here why okay well scott i question for you because you're trying to like have a for lack of better term a pet bat do bats fart? Are they known for farting? <laughs> I don't know anything I don't about bats. Think the, okay. I have three dogs I mean, in the house. Fart. Everything <laughs> farts. <Yeah>. But I don't <laughs> think that a bat's asshole like, is going to sound like a human's <laughs> asshole farting. I like Brian just coming in like this is fucking animal planet. Well, bats fart. <laughs> <laughs> I believe I can weigh on it. <laughs> Sir Richard Attenborough right here. Oh, my God. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Are you fucking Wikipediaing it? <laughs> I, I said our bats known for farting, and this is what I got. Listen to how professional this is. Multiple researchers have now confirmed that bobcats and gray foxes fart, and that badgers produce some of the worst scat in the animal kingdom. So vile farts are assumed, but not confirmed. <laughs> What is that? Is that like myfartfacts.blogspot.com? <laughs> Hashtag does it fart is the burning science question you never knew you had. <laughs> I've known that I've had that question for a long time. Don't tell me my feelings. Oh, God. Spot. So there's so they go to the show. Uh he has you to You didn't answer my to, question. Oh, I have no clue. Birds <laughs> birds can't fart, but it's not anything about bats. Let me just type in bats. So so while while we're trying to figure that out, I just want to say something about Ooh. dog farts before you go on, Brian. Dog farts. Uh-huh. So you guys have met Sterling, our our newest slash oldest dog. He he's a foster failure um that we got in January. And um he also he has some gastrointestinal issues from neglect in the past. And he also has a blown out asshole uh, because it's just I'm being out there and honest. And he farts at my face in bed <laughs> all the time. And they they sound like little raspberries, like, <laughs> but they are the most rank, disgusting smells. Oh, yeah. Kiki is awful. Um, <laughs> Wait, is Kiki not- one of your parents' dogs? No, it's uh, Jade's dog. Oh, Kiki? That's her dog's name? 
Yeah. Okay. Um, that dog's cute but, as fuck, by the way. Yeah. Um, just so you guys know, a little fun fact. On the unconfirmed but anecdotal evidence exists side, we know that salamanders and frogs might fart, but have weak <laughs> sphincters and probably don't fart audibly. Baboons <laughs> fart, and apparently females who are swelling, their butts swell and redden to indicate fertility, produce the worst toots. Chimpanzees' <laughs> farts are made worse by figs, seeds, and fiber. They are so loud and frequent, we locate them in the forest occasionally by following farts. As for bats, the bigger they are, the harder they fart. So I guess there is some science behind it because he's a pretty big bat. <laughs> and who said that Canon Pictures never put all of their effort in accuracy? In I am movie? going to – I have to rewatch Life Force because it obviously is, obviously is true now. Yeah. I need to do some more research. <laughs> is that what you call it? I do now. Sorry, uh, Megan. So- so jesus christ um, <laughs> so, so it's halloween uh and so finally, is halloween her birthday then i guess so uh, here's a question if she get does she reincarnate the same day she's killed by the rhinestone peg leg wearing ham bone wielding pirate i would assume that her birthday is the is november 1st <laughs> Because she gets killed at midnight, and it's every 20 years, and she's about 20 years old. 22. 22 years. She's about 22 years old, so I'm assuming – I don't know the rules of reincarnation, but I think it's as soon as you die, you're you're reborn, right? Internal logic would suggest so. So, yeah, I guess her birthday would be November 1st. But wouldn't he – wouldn't Ralph know that and use that to his advantage? Like in a positive way, like, hey, baby, it's your birthday. Let's go do something instead of getting killed by a – pirate with all that stuff that i just explained well i mean it's also halloween (laughs) like it's a pretty big deal it's like hey baby it's halloween let's uh do that instead yeah okay fair (laughs) um so they go to this concert thing that they're having for halloween and there's a there's a thing called the united states of beat that's happening on this stage and I just wrote down, I feel like whoever the choreographer for this movie was got sick and couldn't come in for the for the day that they were filming this scene. Because that choreography just looks like they are making it up on the spot yeah, the whole yeah, time. Yeah. And they are not in, in time at all. No, it's rough. That's like if the three of us were trying to do a choreographed thing that we had practiced because none of us can dance. Yeah, no, it's bad. Um, but then we get to the big final fight between Rockula and Stanley. Uh and you find out that so Stanley has been seeing a psychic who told him that he has to dress up like this pirate and he has to kill this girl with a hand bone uh, and all of that good jazz. So as he's doing it, it's revealed that it's actually Rockula's mom that orchestrated the whole thing because she wasn't ready for her little baby to go to, to leave the nest after 400 years. So that really is your mom. Yeah, no, I'm, I relate. <laughs> uh, so... So Stanley hits her with the ham bone, which leads to one of the better quotes in the movie where he says, that was my mom. You just boned. Uh, No, that's the thing is you think that these are good lines. These lines are so groany. They're terrible. Like you are your dad. What is this line? I have this quote written down. I don't remember what it's from. The nine iron is an extension of. Oh, okay. I remember what this is now. So Stanley falls into. 
his coffin, and the coffin is a cryogenic freezing yes. coffin that has a motivational tape, but the tape just keeps saying, my nine iron is an extension of my PS over and over oh, again. Yeah. Well, Brian, <laughs> don't you like to play golf? I I just started dabbling in it, actually. <laughs> so, I mean, is this what, is this how you want to go out? I mean, I... I wouldn't say my nine iron is an extension of my penis because there is a huge foot gap between. Someone's <laughs> <laughs> feeling confident today. <laughs> uh, but the mom asks for forgiveness, and they for... gave it to her. And I was like, I wrote down, his mom orchestrated at least fifteen murders. <laughs> like... yeah. it, and I looked down, and it was like a group hug, like. It, it... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I get that they wanted to just have a nice little bow at the end of this, you know, wrap this movie up. But um, I think that I'd I'd need to take I need some therapy after that personally. And then uh, and, and also then... watching my mom bang random dudes for four hundred years that that would need some therapy as well. I'm but then... still mad at my dad for making me play sports twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> this girl killed his son's girlfriend several times. He's like, "Ah, yeah, let's let bygones be bygones." Hug it out. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, the movie ends with Rockula's reflection breaking out of the mirror, and dressed like Elvis goes on stage for the final hit song from oh. the the lovely Most musical lonely boys, known as right? Rockula. Did you guys watch it? Because as soon as I saw credits, I said, nope. No, nah, I don't care. <laughs> I, I definitely Scott Rogered it. Or not Scott. I just, I, I like kept dinging like 30 seconds ahead to be like, okay, if this, does the song get better? Does the song get better? Nope, it sure doesn't. Nope. Ugh, man, this movie is a stinker. There's a reason why. But like, So we watch a lot of bullshit for horror movie night, mm-hmm. as we discussed, as I say, basically weekly. Um, I, I Sometimes it feels like stuff is forgotten for a reason. And this is one of those that there, it was forgotten for a reason. Like it is so mediocre. Like I said, there are some really great parts, but so much of it is just not, it did not age at all. Yeah. No. Sorry, yeah. man. I, I, I wouldn't even say it didn't age at all. Cause I feel like in the nineties, it was a bad movie. But... <laughs> I think it knew what it was when it was made. It, but that's the thing. It like missed the meta mark. I feel like throughout the yeah. whole movie. Oh yeah. It tried. It tried very hard to be. Is the meta mark what lets you know if you're a Jedi or not? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have those meta calorians that let you know? <laughs> I was. I was in. <laughs> <my> <laughs> ball- <laughs> I was you fall on your sword for that one, but. Uh... I need to put the Fozzie Bear music. (laughs) (laughs) Shepard's game. (laughs) We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Ah, the smell of the video store. I love this place. 
you remember when you could just look at the walls of covers? We had to choose just by looking at the cover and reading the crappy synopsis. It was, you were leaving with one. And the only way to know what new movies were coming out is you actually had to watch the trailers instead of skipping them. Right, we didn't have the internet to look it up. We had one guy named Todd behind the counter that would tell us what was good or not. And Todd strangely liked way too many romantic comedies. Yes, but you always knew when the boobies were coming because Todd made sure. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and remember all the awful CG we had to put up with in the mid-90s? We talk about that a lot, don't we? Join us on Analog Jones in the Temple Film where we talk about VHS tapes. And we wax nostalgia like none other. What's your double feature in this movie? I want Brian to go first. So I, I was at a coin I was I was at a coin flip with two, but since I already used Crybaby to do the Beetlejuice, I won't use that one. So I would probably profusely apologize to whoever I made watch this movie. Jade. And be like, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> I'd be like, Jade, I am so sorry. But if you want to see vampire comedy, we're going to watch a little movie called Dracula Dead and Loving It, directed by Mel Brooks. And we will laugh and she will forgive me and it'll be a great time. And that's my pick. Dracula Dead and Loving It. All right, I'm going a similar route. Um, my pick, and Matt already knows this. I was like, "Don't you, don't you take this from me?" Um, and he was like, "That's fine because I don't like this movie anyway." I would pair it with Once Bitten, the Jim Carrey vampire comedy uh, from what is that, 1989 or something like that? I don't remember exactly yeah. what year, but um, it's late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not good. Who's the is 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 Susan Sarandon the vampire in that? I've actually I've, never seen it. It's it's. It's okay. very, very, yeah, it's not, it was also forgotten for a reason. Um, but I think that it's a better, I it's a better take on the exact same, well, almost the exact same idea. Uh, and I would actually do Rockula first because then you do um, Once Bitten and you kind of have your safety net there of, uh, you know, hey, there's a Jim Carrey movie coming up next. Actually, yeah. there's there's no other like massive name in Once Bitten. Um, it says Lauren Hutton. Oh, Lauren Hutton. The vamp- yeah. yeah, she no, played the a... vampire. It was eighty five. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Jeez. It's a very very young Jim Carrey in that movie. Yeah. I mean, it's Jim Carrey, um, so you know what you're in for. So for me, uh, the the humor of this movie, the the jokes and everything, kind of reminded me of Better Off Dead. But, but, I would not insult Better Off Dead <laughs> by pairing it with Rockula. So I would pair it with its sequel, One Crazy Summer, which is a slight step down from Better Off Dead, but still has the really weird, wacky, this is a movie that exists in its own separate universe, and you do not even try to think of the realities of anything that's happening in it. Is John uh, I think Cusack in that? Yeah, John Cusack's in what? it. He basically sleeps his way through the movie. He hated <laughs> Better Off Dead. Really? So he, yeah, he hated Better Off Dead. He hated that he had signed a contract to do two movies. So he basically was just like, you know, I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to put effort into it. Just tell and, like, it then. and it shows. But the movie saved by all of his friends in the movie because you got Curtis Armstrong comes back uh, playing a different character, obviously, because it's, it's a 
it's stylistically a sequel to Better Off Dead. It's kind of the same way that like Shock Treatment is a sequel to Rocky Horror mm-hmm. Picture Show. Yeah. In theory, it's not related to the movie hardly at all, but it's got a lot of the same cast members sure. and it has the same like general vibe. Um, but also uh, Bobcat Goldthwait has uh, probably one of my favorite scenes in any comedy in that movie in which John Cusack's character is looking all sad and he sits down and he goes, you know, one time there was this little fat kid and all these kids used to pick on him and, you know, it was really bad, but things worked out for him too. And John Cusack goes, were, were you that little fat kid? He goes, no, I just used to pick on her mercilessly. <laughs> I'd be like, why are you so fat, you fat kid? <laughs> <And> like, <laughs> Okay, you actually just sold me on it. Your uh, Bobcat yeah. Goldthwait impression is fucking great. <laughs> that and it's your so- your uh, Je- Jeffrey D- uh, Dizon. Um, oh, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie Dizon. <laughs> yeah, your Eddie Dizon is fucking great too. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, the only other one I have in my pocket is that kid laughing and hoping. <laughs> 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 Uh, so that's uh that's rocky love from 1990 uh sorry guys but i am not sorry uh we are going to continue rocktober with uh another rocktober movie so strap on in get ready for some more heavy metal horror this one actually is heavy metal horror unlike rocky love which was <laughs> a lot of rap in a and 150s style song and we will just keep on rocking uh there's gonna be i think no, there shouldn't be too many more bonus episodes right now. If you guys uh, were listening last month, you got overwhelmed by bonus episodes. So uh, we're going to keep it a little chill for now, but we're going to do our movie next week. Then the following week, we're going to put out a movie on that Friday, and then we're going to have bonus episodes leading all the way up to Halloween from that point. So get ready. We're going to be blowing up your feet again, and I apologize, but I think you're going to love us for it. So it's totally fine. We'll be back. Visit us at hmnpodcast.com. Bye. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.